0: Hey, everyone, welcome to another championship edition of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, Joe, we're talking about two championships that just got done. We got the NBA Finals with Golden State winning their fourth championship in recent me- memory with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson and company. And then we're also going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche stopping uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning from winning their third championship in a row. And I believe it's the fourth championship overall for the Colorado Avalanche. Joe, let's start off talking the NBA finals. And uh, Steph Curry now, I think, cementing his place in the Hall of Fame. I wanted to ask you, do you think that Draymond Green and Clay Thompson are also Hall of Famers?
1: Yes, I think ultimately they will be. Um, A lot of it kind of is like, you know, getting an A on the group project, you know, playing for these great Golden State teams but I don't think Golden State has this much championship pedigree without the inclusion of Thompson and Green. Um, Green, you know, is the type of guy that just gets so much out of his teammates as far as the energy that he brings. Obviously, you know, he has to have the right dynamic with teammates like that, you know, because a lot of people, I know we talked about this before the show, liken him to a personality the Dennis Rodman. So It's not going to work for just anybody, but it seems to work just perfectly in Golden State. Clay Thompson is an exceptional teammate. And then you look at the three point shooting of Thompson and how that complements Steph Curry as the Splash Brothers. And then Draymond Green's ability to rebound, to play defense, to get assists. You know, he may not score a lot of points, but he definitely produces. And so I think both of them will be Hall of Famers for not just their production, but just the fact that they've been a part of now four championships.
0: It's a good point, Joe. And I think it also helps them too. They get this championship when Kevin Durant has left because, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of talk there that, okay, they got the one championship without Kevin Durant and then suddenly you bring them in and they get two. And then the first year that Durant's gone, it's about the worst that we've seen golden state ever since they've had uh Steph Curry and company, but now just one year removed from that with Curry and Thompson, both coming back from injuries we've seen another championship. And I think that really helps cement their legacy.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And you even think about that first championship that they won in 2015, they even got some criticism for that with people saying that they got lucky because in the finals against uh, Cleveland that year, um, that was the year that Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving both got hurt. And so at the end, it was pretty much LeBron against the Warriors the last few games of the finals. And so a lot of people said they got fortunate there. And so when I look at this 2022 Revenge Tour championship for Golden State, I think it was about, to your point, Steph Curry cementing his legacy, winning that standalone championship without any questions, without Kevin Durant, um, showing that you have the revival of this dynasty, And then Curry, personally, he wanted to win a Finals MVP. That was like the only thing missing from his resume.
0: Yeah, it's kind of shocking that you think about they've won three other times and it's never been Steph Curry that won the Finals MVP. It's been a lot of random people. I mean, even people like Andre Iguodala winning a NBA Finals MVP versus Steph Curry.
1: Yeah, that that was the ironic thing about it. And he was, of course, you know, back with the team this year Um, you know, more of a role player this year. But you got to think he definitely helped them out with his uh, leadership off the court and in the locker room. And it really, Dan, surprises me in the grand scheme of things when I look back on this championship run. Because all season long, it was about Phoenix. Like the Suns had the best record in the NBA. You know, they uh, were kind of the favorites to win the title, had blew it against uh, Milwaukee the year before in the finals. And then you saw Golden State break through. They get to the finals, and they take on kind of an up-and-coming Boston Celtics team. It's especially hard because historically, Boston really doesn't lose in the finals. Mm. Like they've won, I think, seventeen championships. Like coming into this series, they had only lost in the finals, I think, three times prior to this year. And so it's really tough to beat uh, this franchise with their history. You know, it's like taking on. The, the New York Yankees or the San Francisco 49ers or somebody, you know, with that much pedigree. And yet golden state, you know, played this team really well. Uh, Boston's a gritty defensive team with, you know, some up and coming stars like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they played good defense on Steph Curry. They took the lead in this uh, series. They were up two to one after three games and yet golden state made adjustments they bounced back and they won three games in a row to win the finals.
0: Yeah, which is really impressive, especially against a, a program like the Celtics that is star for championships. I mean, we're talking now hasn't it been since two thousand nine, since we saw the championship where they beat the Lakers with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. I mean, and that was and that was a that was a really cool championship because they were all great veteran players that all came together at one of the historic franchises in the NBA. And then of course the next year, the Lakers got it back from them. And that's really the last time we've seen uh, the Celtics in this position, which is shocking because when I was a kid, when you were a kid, I mean, they are the Yankees of the NBA. The Celtics have the most championships. You're right. They didn't lose very often. And whenever they did lose, it felt like it was always against the LA Lakers. And this was kind of a shocking result when you saw them get up 2-1. When I saw the Celtics get up 2-1, I was like, okay, the Celtics are about to win on their championship.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, they had game four with that 2-1 lead in Boston. And like I said, their defense was just great on Curry. Like, they were double-teaming him, making his night just really tough. But yet, you know, just credit Golden State for getting other players involved. Um It just shocks me, Dan, when I think about just not only how well Steph Curry played, you know, he had some huge games in the finals, but just kind of overall the revitalization of this dynasty. Like, I can't think of many sports dynasties that kind of went through a one- or two-year hiatus. Like, yeah, you got the Chicago Bulls, obviously, with Jordan. It's kind of eerily similar to a degree because in this situation, unlike when Jordan left to play pro, uh, pro baseball, you had Curry and Thompson injured for a year or two. And Mm -hmm. so that's the reason, you know, they were kind of in that hiatus. And then once they came back healthy, it was like this uh, dynasty had never missed a beat.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. That's a very apt comparison right here. And just like the Bulls did before the hiatus happened, they'd won three. And when they came back, they won three more. So it'd be interesting to see if 20, I guess it'd be about 30 years later, We see the Warriors come in and win three, take a two-year break, and then win three again.
1: Yes. No, that's going to be fascinating to see. You know, I I don't feel like they're done. I still think they'll be a contender at least for another year or two. You know, Curry's 34, and he's playing great. Um, I think it's also, uh, you know, going to be interesting how people start to debate, and they already are. You know, LeBron versus Steph Curry. Because, you know, you're trying to decide who is the best player of this generation over the last 15 or 20 years. And there are going to be a lot of people now that Curry has the same number of championships. And with the uh, impact he made on the game to revolutionize shooting, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people were going to kind of give him the nod probably.
0: Well, Joe, they're going to give him the nod for that, for his ability to outside shoot. And what's really changed basketball to be, I think, overall, you look top to bottom, in the NBA and in college, more of a three-point shooting league than it ever has been before. And it tends to be the teams you see that win national championships in college and the ones that win the NBA titles are the teams that can shoot the three ball. And they're also going to look at the fact that Steph Curry's always been with Golden State and has won all of his championships with Golden State. So I feel like a lot of times, you know, the argument between Jordan and LeBron, first off, Jordan has more championships. But second off, Jordan stayed with the Bulls his entire career and I feel like you know being devil's advocate one way or the other you can either look at that and say that clearly makes you better than LeBron or you could say the LeBron is so good that wherever he goes he wins a championship and you know trades is probably somewhere in the middle
1: yeah yeah I think that the middle's probably the key but no definitely a great analysis there because he has had to move around and even you know him going to Miami um, kind of allowed Cleveland to uh, rack up high draft picks, and that's how they brought in Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. So it always seemed like it took him moving in order to build a good roster that he could join and then win a championship. But with uh, Curry, we've seen them win in multiple ways, and really the bulk of this team was homegrown talent like Thompson and Green, and a lot of the young players they've drafted in recent years, like a Jordan Poole who, you know, have really made an impact. And so it's really cool to me how this team was built. And I really, uh, you know, fascinating to see how uh, everything's debated as far as uh, Curry's legacy in the NBA going forward. And of course he's not done.
0: That's right, Joe. I mean, he still has the chance to win multiple world championships and one day, who knows maybe he can even be mentioned in the same sentence as Michael Jordan. I'm not going that far yet. I personally don't even like to put LeBron James in the same sentence as Michael Jordan. I think that the LeBron James, Steph Curry uh, argument is a much more interesting one right now. Um, you know, I think that, you know, I'm going to look at it as to who wins the most championships probably gets the benefit of the doubt, but I am always going to give LeBron a little bit of a Trump card for winning one at Cleveland.
1: Yeah, that helps him a lot. And that was, you know, head to head against Curry before they had Durant. Um, you know, it was a little bit more of an even matchup before, you know, when they had Durant, it kind of gave uh, Golden State a little bit of that unfair upper hand. And so, yeah, that, 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 and also kind of the accumulation of stats that LeBron has over time and, and more years. So, that, that, that's the one big argument for LeBron. Uh, but the cool thing, you know, about Curry that so many people love is, you know, not only just how he's changed the game and how exciting he is to watch, but just the fact, you know, he just looks like a normal person out there. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like he's a larger than life character. He's just a great shooter. And I think people appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I think it gives a lot of hope to, you know, I'm not gonna say regular size people, but people that are in like that six two, six, three range, that you can be a successful player in the NBA if you have that ability to have the outside shot.
1: Yes, precisely.
0: And Joe, you know, one thing I'll also say too is I really think this championship has got to be very gratifying for Steph Curry because you have Kevin Durant now removed from the situation. No one can say that you only got the championships because of him. And furthermore, it looks like this experiment they had with the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and James Harden forming this kind of super team has blown up in their faces because now they're already trading uh, James Harden.
1: Yes. Yes, you had him. You know, he's moved to, to Philly now, and it's just a nightmare situation because I saw uh, – I think it was like yesterday – that Kyrie Irving decided to opt in to his player option for like the last year of his contract. And it's like $40 million against the books. And so not what, you know, Brooklyn wanted to pay him. And so you've got that nightmare. And with super teams, Dan, the last two years has been the complete antithesis of a super team. You know, I know that Golden State's got these Hall of Famers, but what I mean is, is like, think about how they were built. They're they were collecting built-
0: them from all over the place and bringing them together is not working.
1: Yes, because you had Milwaukee win it last year with Middleton and Giannis, you know, a homegrown team. And then this year you have guys that were also drafted for Golden State winning the championship. So it, it'll it be interesting to see if that kind of has a domino effect on how teams start uh, being constructed.
0: That's right, Joe. And, and also, you know, you got to go back to as good of a player as Kevin Durant is, I think this shows that the program of Golden State is what really led them to get those list championships. Durant is an amazing player who helped them, but the bottom line is just like the Bulls were in the 90s—they built a program that's got a couple key figures that have been there. You know, Pippen and Jordan. This time you got Klay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. You know, like a Dennis Rodman, and then you bring in different people like Horace Grant to do a good job, and they'll win a couple. But the the nucleus is what's doing it. And now seeing what happened with Kevin Durant going to the Brooklyn Nuts, creating the super team that everybody thought was going to win it with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, having it not succeed just shows you how great and stable of a program Golden State is.
1: Yes. And Golden State, you know, looking back on it, they did it's just such a smart move to bring in Steve Kerr, you know, who could be the architect for it because he had seen what worked with the Bulls. You know, not just anybody could go in there and know how to, you know, make all these personalities come together. All these talented players, you know, allow them to be unselfish and you know find their role. And and it's just been perfect for the situation.
0: You know, and he was a role player on the Bulls. He was a great three point shooter, which you know, hey, that's that's why Steph Curry is you know is gotten those abilities. He always had them, but he's got one of the greatest three point shooters ever, teaching him and everybody else how to do it. And he's also a guy that was never the center pace, center you know piece of the Bulls dynasty. But he was a guy who was there who I think – I think he was there for at least four or five of those championships. I don't know if he was there for every single one of them, but I feel like he was there for the majority of them. And, you know, then you see guys like Andre Iguodala and others that were there for a lot of these championships that have never been the face of it but have been such a key part. And I feel like – I feel like Kerr is such a great coach at, like, bringing those
1: kind of pieces together. Yes, yes. It really changed the NBA forever when when they hired him back in uh, 2014.
0: That's right, Joe. Well, we thought we had in the NHL uh, the same old, same old, at least for the last few years. Uh, You know, although it's in a very hot weather place in terms of the ice, it has been very hot for Tampa Bay Lightning as of late. They had won two championships in a row. And when I saw them making the finals again after beating what appeared to be a very solid uh, New York Rangers team, I thought the the Avalanche were probably uh, in for a snowstorm of their own. But uh, this time, the Lightning actually went down to the Colorado Avalanche. And it's good for them to, it's good for me to see the Avalanche win another Stanley Cup. So remember when I was a kid, I liked Patrick Waugh a lot, their goalie. So I was kind of happy to see the Avalanche win. Plus, I've always thought they had kind of a cool logo.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've had a lot of success since they moved to Colorado. I think it was like the mid-90s they moved from uh, Quebec to Colorado. And I don't think they've ever lost Stanley Cup finals uh, since they moved to Colorado. And, um, you know, first title they've had in like 21 years this year. And the way the series went was really seesaw momentum. You saw Colorado at home win the first two games pretty easily. And then Tampa Bay fought back, you know, with their championship pedigree, won the next two at home. And then games five and six were really close. Like game five, kind of controversial overtime finish um, win by uh, Colorado. And then it goes back to Tampa Bay for game six, another one goal win for um, Colorado. And they're able to unseat the two-time defending champions and win the title and pretty much in the process stopping Tampa Bay from continuing to use that moniker they've been using, I think it was Tampa Bay.
0: Right, Joe. You know, what's kind of interesting is you're going on a season now where last year uh, you had had uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, you had uh, the Bucs, and you had the Lightning, all the Lightning and the Bucs all won a championship and the Rays lost in the World Series to the Dodgers. And I'm wondering if now that we saw Tampa Bay losing the playoffs in exciting fashion while not in the Super Bowl to the team that won the Super Bowl, now you have the Lightning lose the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Doesn't mean the Tampa Bay Rays finally break through and win their first World Series.
1: That'd be really cool. I mean, uh, this year in their division, the Yankees have just been playing so well. Amazing. But, but yeah, it's just, just unbelievable that yeah, best they've you know, played in, in uh, years now. And you see, though, but good, the good news for Tampa is that they've got, like, the added wild cards this year. And so, like you know, baseball is one of those sports we saw with all this. You just got to get hot at the right time. So if Tampa could just make the playoffs, they probably would have as good a chance as anybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, you even even in Major League Baseball, it's like that. The Braves last year were what under 500 at the uh, at the All Star break, and then of course they added all those those big pieces in, like Jock Peterson, and suddenly things turned around. And they barely made the playoffs and were the, you know, a team that had they been in a better division would not have even made the playoffs. So then they went on that hot streak and were by far the best team in the postseason. So who knows, maybe this year, uh, Champa Bay can actually go to the diamond.
1: Yeah, no, it'd be really cool to see it happen. The Razor team, you know, I've been rooting kind of for is one of my other favorite teams ever since they had uh, Joe Madden as their coach with Evan Longoria, Carl Crawford, really liked them for years. But, yeah, with the lightning, though, you know, uh, obviously happy for Colorado, but, you know, it would have been historic for Tampa Bay to get that three-peat. I'm not sure the last time we've had a three-peat in the NHL. I think, like, you had uh, Wayne Gretzky probably won three titles in four years with Edmonton, but it's been a while since anybody's three-peated in that sport or any sport.
0: That's a good point, Joe. I mean, you know, when I, when I think of hockey, the only ones I could think that even be possible – Maybe the Detroit Red Wings have done it before. I feel like they've had stretches where they won a few championships in a short amount of time. I don't know if they've ever done it like back-to-back-to-back to back to back like that. Either them or the Philadelphia Flyers, the only ones that I could really think of that maybe that would be the case for.
1: You've also got Montreal. I think they've got the most titles. They're kind of like the, um, like the Celtics or Yankees of hockey. But most of their titles came like before the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they, they might have done it. But, again, I'm not totally sure. You know, it's such a rare thing. Like, the last time we had a three-peat in any sport was, what, 20 years ago with the Lakers, I think, 3 peeding
0: That's right, Joe. I mean, not even the Patriots ever 3 peeded They did a three out of four, but never three in a row.
1: Yeah, really extremely tough to do.
0: Well, and as we saw, when the Lightning were so close. They nodded it back at 2-2. And when you saw him get back to 2-2, I think everybody thought that, that was going to be Tampa Bay's time to bring in that third Stanley Cup title in a row. But Colorado Avalanche were in their way, and now it looks like it's going to be a while before we see a three-peat at least in hockey.
1: The lightning did not strike three times.
0: That's right, Joe. And with that awesome joke to end the show, uh, <laughs> we uh, uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, um, you can catch all of our episodes on Spotify and of course you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch all of our episodes there. And, uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on
1: Twitter at DJ sports show. And as always, I'm Dan and I'm Joe.